But today I want to share just a couple of thoughts from 2 Kings chapter 19. In order to move quickly this morning, let me tell you the story and set up the verses because there's a lot of verses here that tell this story, but I don't have time to read it all. In the Old Testament, you see a pattern established among the nation of Israel, God's people, where they would draw close to God and God would begin to do great things for them. And then over time, they would oftentimes have bad leadership, ungodly leadership. And their hearts would turn from God and they'd begin to go to pagan gods and other beliefs and begin to forsake God. And as a result, they would walk out from under God's hand of blessing and protection. And when they did that, they became prey to other kings and to other nations. And you see judgment coming on God's people over and over and over again because they would walk out from under God's hand of protection. 2 Kings chapter 19 tells one of those stories. In the Old Testament, Israel was almost always the underdog. God's people were almost always outnumbered when they went to battle. But yet when they walked with God, God would get involved in the battle and God would give, give them some amazing victories and do some miraculous things because they obeyed him and they walked in faith. And I think God wants us to understand in life, even when we're outnumbered, even when things look dark and we don't see any way out, if we will take things to God and talk to God and let God get involved in our circumstances, God is always able to turn things around. And he will do it for us. We hear stories all the time from other people. Sometimes you've got stories from your past where God did this and God did that. Did you know God has not finished answering prayer? He still answers prayer today. But here's what happened. There was... A time when the nation, the kingdom of Israel, was actually divided into two kingdoms. There was the traditional kingdom of Israel, and then there was a split off, which was the kingdom of the nation of Judah. And during this particular time in 2 Kings 19, Israel had moved far, far from God, and they began to see judgment from other nations. But the nation of Judah stayed close to God because their king, Hezekiah, was doing his best to follow God and walk with God. But here's what happened. The Assyrian Empire grew larger and larger and larger. And the Assyrian, the Assyrian Empire began to steamroll other nations around it and began to dominate most of the Middle East, what we would know as the Middle East today. They took over a lot of area. They came right up to the borders of Israel and Judah. They overtook Samaria. They overtook the nation of Israel. And the only kingdom that was left in that area was Judah. And Judah and Hezekiah the king began to cry out to God asking for help. But one day, the king of Assyria, whose name was Sennacherib, he sent word to Israel and said, I'm about to, or to Judah rather, and said, I'm about to steamroll you next. You're the next nation in my path. I've got my sights set on you. And so Hezekiah, who had resisted giving uh, bribes to the king began to backpedal and think well maybe I should have done things differently maybe I should have honored him trying to figure out what he should do but the time came when Sennacherib king of Assyria kept getting distracted and he would focus on Judah and when he was about to attack something would get his attention then he would back away and he would come back and back away and come back and back away and finally in the middle of all of this he sent messengers to Hezekiah the king of Judah, and here was the message. I'm finishing up some business at war, but as soon as I finish dealing with this nation, your nation is next, and you're going to feel my wrath. 
And then he went on to say this, make sure that Hezekiah, the king of Judah, knows when I come, I overcame this nation and their gods and this nation and their gods and this nation and their gods. He went down the list. He said, I even went to Samaria and overtook Samaria. I've already come against Israel and conquered them and their God. And you serve the same God. You are helpless. You are defeated. There is no hope, no way out for you. You are next. When they got the message, the scribes wrote down the message and they brought it to King Hezekiah to hear what this great empire was about to do to them. They were outnumbered. This was a huge king, a huge empire, huge armies. They couldn't begin to face up to them in their natural strength. They got the letter. Hezekiah looked at it and he was troubled. Here's what happens. 2 Kings 19, verse 14. It says, And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers, and he read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. And you skip down to verse 19, it says this. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I pray, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. Can you imagine getting such a letter as this from a conquering king? Can you imagine being in Hezekiah's shoes and suddenly hearing that someone who was 10 times greater than you was about to destroy you and carry your people captive? Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever got a letter in your mailbox from the enemy? Have you ever got an ugly email that you weren't expecting? Did you ever get a phone call where someone said, I am about to destroy you and you realized that you were weak and helpless and couldn't do anything about it? You ever been there? I think all of us at some point in time in life have had to deal with one or maybe several of those kind of moments. But what do you do when you get a letter from the enemy? What do you do when you get a letter from the devil? What do you do when you get bad news and the enemy says, I am going to destroy you? Here's what Hezekiah did. Number one, he went to God's house. Can I tell you today, if you've got a problem, if you've got a situation that's bigger than you, you're in the right place today, in the house of God. Hezekiah knew, I've got to have God's help. We've got to get God in the middle of this. This guy could attack any day. We've got, we got to get God's help right now. And Scripture says he went to the house of God. Jesus himself said, if just two or three of you gather in my name, I'll be there among you. And Hezekiah knew the principle. He knew that God inhabited the praises of his people. So Hezekiah took the situation and he went straight to God's house is what scripture tells us. Let me remind you one more time today. I hope you came in faith to God's house today. I hope you came to God's house today knowing who God is and what he is and all the promises he's made to you in his word because we're in God's house and we're about to see God intervene in the circumstances of man. I'm ready for that today. We need that today. The second thing he did, in verse 16, it says he spread it before the Lord. 
He spread it before the Lord. I, I kind of wish I'd brought a big long letter up here with me today to illustrate this to you. It was like page by page. He just laid it out across the house of God and said, there it is, God. Look at what he said. Maybe it was a scroll. Maybe they wrote on a scroll. Maybe he laid it down and said, look at this, God, and then kicked the other end and watched it roll all the way across the front of the temple. Look at the size of this threat. Look at this. God, this is what he said he's going to do. One of the most important things we learn about prayer is we need to learn to spread our situations before the Lord. Jesus said the Father knows what you have need of even before you pray. But he never said don't pray. He said pray. He already knows, but pray anyway. Spread it before him and give it to him. So he went to the house of God. He spread the whole thing out in front of God. You know, I just felt there's somebody in the house today. You got a situation that's bigger than you, and you kind of said, hey, God, you know about the situation, but you've been hiding the details. Today is the day when you need to spread the whole thing out before God and say, God, here's the whole situation. This is what the enemy is saying. Spread it before God. And then the third thing he did, Scripture says that he prayed. Now, that 16th verse is so interesting to me. Because he goes to the house of God, he spreads it out, and this is what he says. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. It's like he says this, God, I know you're up there somewhere. If you would, bend your head down, turn your ear this way, and listen to what's going on. Have you ever felt like God wasn't listening? I mean, Sennacherib, God, I'm a godly man. I mean, I mean uh, Hezekiah, God, I'm a godly man. I walk with you. We trust you. But do you know what's happening? Bend over and let me tell you all about it. And the second thing he says is, open your eyes, O Lord, and see. It's not as if God didn't already know. It's not as if God didn't hear the threats. It's not as if God didn't see the letter. But what Hezekiah was saying was, God, you need to pay attention to this right now and know what's happening right now. This is an urgent matter. And he said, hear the words that the enemy has spoken against your people. But then when Hezekiah began to pray, if you read his prayer, and I don't have time to go through all of it today, he lays the whole thing out before God. In essence, he says, God, you already know all about this, but I ask you to look at it today and realize that this king says he's going to come and destroy all the things that you said you were going to do for us. All the things you've promised to us, all the promises you've made, all the things that you said you have done and would continue to do for us. The enemy said, he's going to take it away. He's going to take away our youth, our future, everything. And our lives are going to be over. This is what he's saying. But God, notice this, Hezekiah began to pray according to the promises of God. This is what you promised to do. This is what you promised you would do. This is what you said you would do. And finally, he said, and God, I'm asking you to do this for your glory and for the sake of your kingdom. I want to share a verse of scripture before we pray today. John 14, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said this, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Did you know God is glorified when he answers your prayers? 
Some of us think, well, why would God want to answer my prayer? Because he gets glory for it. He loves to take care of us, but he gets glory for it. Jesus said, whatever you ask for, the Father will do it because he's glorified when he answers prayer. Then verse 14, Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What do you think anything means in the original writings there? It means anything. How many of you have got an anything situation in your life today? You need God to get involved in something. We're going to pray this morning, and we're going to believe God to do great things in our church, in the lives of his people, and in this entire valley. We're going to prepare our hearts to pray, and here's how we're going to do it. In just a moment, I'm going to have everybody stand. We're going to sing one more song. It's just a time of consecration, setting our hearts on God, setting our hearts on prayer. And then we're going to pray three distinct prayers. I'm going to lead one. Ann's going to lead one. Zach's going to lead one prayer. We're going to pray three great prayers together. But here's the deal. Listen closely. This month, it's about talk to me. We're not going to just pray for you. We're going to pray with you. We're not going to have you come forward and lay hands on you today because we want you to pray, and we're going to be praying with you, agreeing with you. Your prayers are important. Your prayers will touch the heart of God. Scripture says the effectual fervent prayer, the passionate prayer of a righteous man carries a lot of weight. What, can you imagine, can you imagine if God responded to our prayers the way we pray sometimes? Kind of like, yeah, God, I'm not too sure about it. I'm not sure if you want to, but God, here's the situation if you might and if you would and if you could. What if God responded and said, well, I could, but I'm just not so sure I want to do that today. I think we need to be as passionate in our, in our prayers as we want God to be in answering our prayers. Can I get an amen in the house? So if you're nervous, you might want to put your earplugs in because we're going to pray this morning. We're going to touch God. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray with you. But first, stand to your feet. Let's sing this song and prepare our hearts to pray this morning.
Father, we worship you today. We honor you. We glorify you. And Father, we ask that you would sanctify, consecrate this prayer time, that we might seek your face, not just your hand, but we might seek your face, that you would begin to work in our hearts and our lives. Father, change us from the inside out and let it spill out to other lives as your glory is seen, Father. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Okay, here's the first thing we're going to pray for today. I'm going to lead in prayer right now for spiritual things first. How many of you know that's God's priority? We need to get spiritual things lined up first. We're going to lift our lives to God and ask God to begin to move in our lives. Our area, our church, our cities, we need a renewal. We need a revival. We need a move of the Holy Spirit. Joel chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this valley, in our lives, and in our church. We're going to begin to pray right now that God would start it right here in us, okay? Let's begin to pray for spiritual things. Lift your hands. Let's agree together. Father, all over this house right now, we ask for a move of your Holy Spirit, fresh and new in our lives, that your fire would fall upon us, that all the things that you promised, God, you would pour out your Spirit on all flesh, starting right here in me, in our church, in our valley, throughout this county, this state, around the world. Father, let the Holy Holy Spirit begin to work in unprecedented ways. Father, we ask that you'd begin to burn the chaff out of our lives. Burn the things out of our lives that need to move and need to go. Father, draw us close to you. Give us a passion for you like we've never had before. Father, right now, we pray that your Holy Spirit would just begin to change us from the inside out. God, let the Holy Spirit begin to change this church and do what you desire to do. Father, you promised that you wanted to do things like we have never seen before. God, we open our hearts to that today and we ask you to pour out your spirit among us and on us and in us and through us. God, do great things, mighty things, powerful things today in Jesus' name. God, we open our hearts to you. Send revival. Send a move of your Holy Spirit. Do something fresh like we've never seen before that moves us forward in you. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Now go ahead and put your hands together and give God praise for what he's going to do. We praise you, God. We glorify you. We magnify you. We honor you today, Father. We worship you. And now we are going to pray for our families. God wants us to have thriving, healthy families. So we're going to pray for marriages and all family relationships. So would you just open your hearts and join with me as we pray? Father, we come before you right now. God, we pray for families. Father, first of all, I pray for marriages, and especially marriages that find themselves in crisis right now. God, we are asking for divine intervention in those marriages. Father, where there are spouses that are hurting, that are heartbroken right now, where there's been pain and, and just difficulty in marriages. Father, we are asking. 
asking for a divine outpouring of your spirit in those marriages. Father, we're asking for divine intervention in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that each spouse individually would draw closer to you, opening their hearts to you, surrendering to you. And God, I pray that you would pour out healing in each one individually. And then God, I pray that their hearts would open towards each other and you would draw them together and you would pour out healing and restoration in those marriages we ask God in Jesus name father we're asking for restoration reconciliation in marriages in Jesus name and then father we just pray for all marriages God that you would strengthen our marriages father God that our marriages would grow and be even stronger continually growing and going deeper father as wives and husbands God help us to be the wives and husbands that you've created us to be help us to see our spouses as you see them help us to love as you love God help us to not take each other for granted help us to take more time for each other God father we're just asking that you would be at the center of our marriages and that marriages would be strong and healthy and thriving and be a reflection of you and magnify you God in Jesus name and father right now I pray for parents God I know there are some parents in this place today who have come in with heavy hearts today and father those who are hurting those who have children who've gone astray who've gotten off track God we pray for them right now and father we pray for those children they may be youth they may be young adults they may be older adults but God you know each one of them you know them by name and father we're asking that you draw them home that you draw them into relationship with you God I pray their hearts would open and surrender completely to you father I pray that you would just send ministering angels to them God I pray that you'd send labors across their path that everywhere they turn they'd be bombarded with your love they'd know that you love them no matter what they'd surrender all to you God and father as they surrender to you I pray that their hearts would turn back towards their families father you'd bring them home in Jesus name and father I pray for those parents God I pray that all fear that all worry all anxiety would be gone right now father I pray that those parents would just have renewed hope right now from this moment forward they would not worry but they'd have strength and confidence and trust in you knowing that you've got their kids that you've got them you're taking care of them you're at work in their lives God I pray that your supernatural peace would just wash over their minds and their hearts now in Jesus name we thank you for that father and God I also pray for families where there's just been difficulty in family relationships God where there's been strain and and uh, worry and just where there's been dissension and strife in families God I am asking for your healing for your reconciliation in every family relationship in the name of Jesus father I pray that each family member in those situations would just individually come to you God and surrender pride surrender the hurt just lay it all aside that they'd be willing to forgive just let go of everything they don't need to be carrying and God as each one does that father I pray that you would just pour out supernatural healing in families so that families can become strong and healthy and go forward with renewed strength in Jesus name and father we just pray right now for all families God I pray that every family 
in this place today. Every family of everyone who's watching online or will listen later, every family of the Bridge Church, God, we pray right now that each one would be supernaturally strengthened, God. God, that you would just intervene in our families, that our families wouldn't just continue as is, but God, that every year, every month, God, as we go forward, that our families would really become stronger, that our relationships would become greater, healthier, deeper, God, the way you intend. God, we know you want our families to thrive and flourish. And so, Father, right now, we're asking for your intervention in every family represented here, God. And Father, right now, we make this personal. We surrender our families personally to you and ourselves to you. And as we pray, I want you to just do that within your own hearts and in your own words right now. Just commit your family to God. Commit yourself to him. Father, right now we do that. And God, I commit my family into your hands. And Father, I ask you to work. I ask you to do all that you want to do, Father. That we would grow stronger closer, deeper in relationship, that you would be at the core and the center of everything. And Father, I surrender myself to you, God, and yield to you. God, work in me, mold me, shape me, work through me to be a vessel that you could flood your love and your fullness through into my family, Father. God, each one of us pray that. We make that our personal prayer right now. Use us, God, to be vessels that you can flood through to do all that you want to do in our families, God. We commit our families to you. We surrender all to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we desire to see your intervention. We desire to see our families even stronger, even healthier. God, we desire to see our families thrive and flourish and be full, overflowing with joy and peace and strength in the name of Jesus. And God, I know that that is your plan and your desire for our families. So we know that we're praying according to your will. And we know that you are so faithful, God, and that you hear and you answer our prayers. So right now, we just lift our voices to give you praise. And we thank you for working and doing new works in our families. There's two more things that we want to pray for this morning. The first thing we want to pray for is we want to pray for people who need healing in their physical bodies. You might be here this morning and maybe you have a need physically in your body that you need healing for. Maybe you've gotten a bad report. Maybe there's an impossibility. Maybe you've gotten a diagnosis or a, some sort of terminal diagnosis even in your physical body. We want to stand with you this morning and believe for God to heal your body. Maybe there's somebody in your life. Maybe you have a child. Maybe you have a friend, a family member, a loved one that you've been praying for, that you've been standing with and standing on their behalf. We want to pray for those people as well today. But before we pray, I want to say this. Isaiah chapter 53 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. That means that when he went to the cross, he went for our salvation. He went for our eternal peace, but that's not the end of it. And by his stripes, we were healed. That means that he went to the cross for our healing as well. 
I want to tell you that we believe that in this church. And if we lift our faith, I believe that we're going to see God move in people's physical bodies today. So if you have a need right there where you're at, would you do me a favor? Would you just lift a hand? If there's someone near you, please don't be afraid to lift your hand this morning. This is a prayer of faith, and we want to see God do something in your physical body. So if there's someone near you that's got a hand lifted, if you can reach them, put a hand on their shoulder. This morning, as a body of believers, as a family, we're going to pray, we're going to bombard heaven, and we're going to believe God to heal bodies today. Father, we thank you that you are a healer. We thank you that you did heal at the cross and that you are still healing today in people's physical bodies. God, we give you our sicknesses, and we give you our desires. We cast our cares on you because you care for us. And today, Father, in place of those things which we give to you, we accept your healing and the atonement that was paid for at the cross. Father, I pray for people's physical bodies where they have been given a diagnosis, Father. I pray in Jesus' name that you would remove all fear, that your perfect love would surround them, God, and that they would see the manifestation of healing virtue flowing in their bodies today, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for families who have had bad health history, God, and there's fear in people's hearts and in people's minds. And as they look to the future, they're worried and scared and concerned for their own well-being. I speak healing into those bo- those bodies today, into those minds, into those families in Jesus' name. Satan, you are a liar. We do not believe your report. We come against bad diagnosis. We come against terminal diagnosis. And we ask God that you would be the God of the impossible because you are the one to whom nothing shall be impossible. So we ask for miracles to happen in people's physical bodies today. Healing come in Jesus' name. Father, we speak against mental illness today in Jesus' name. I ask God that you would renew our minds, Father, and in Jesus' name we would have your wisdom. We would have the mind of Christ. We would think clearly, God. I pray for those who are struggling with addiction today in Jesus' name that we bind addiction. We say addiction be gone. Come off of your children in Jesus' name and let healing virtue flow into people's bodies. And God, if there's anybody here today that's watching online who is at home because they're sick or their family is struggling with sickness, God, I pray in Jesus' name that right there where they're at, you would touch their physical bodies, God. Let sickness flee from their homes today and let it be a house of health and a house of wholeness. Father, we believe that the Bridge Church is a house of health, that it's a house of wholeness. And Father, we choose your healing. We choose your health. We choose the wholeness that you provided at the cross. And we thank you that you are a healer. We thank you that you are good and that you are doing good in people's physical bodies today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you receive healing today in your physical body, why don't we lift up one more hand clap of praise to our God today. Thank you, God. You're a healer, God. You're a healer, Jesus. You're a healer, Lord. Amen. And then one more thing that we want to pray for this morning. We want to pray for people's material needs. We know that every so often there are people that go through difficult seasons. Maybe you feel like you've been in a real long difficult season. Maybe you're underemployed, maybe you're unemployed, maybe you need your job to go to a new place, maybe you need new business, new opportunities, maybe you need God to open up doors that you can't even imagine right now. I believe that God wants to bless people and provide for your material needs and we believe that in this church and we're gonna ask God right now to do that. 
We're not going to ask anybody to lift your hands. We don't want to put you in an uncomfortable spot. But today, if you want to just open your heart to God, however it is that you're comfortable doing that, we believe that God is going to meet some people's financial needs or material needs in Jesus' name. So right now, let's lift our voice. Father, I thank you that you're a provider. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that when we put you first in our lives, that you care about those needs in such a way that you wish to provide for us, but not just provide for each of our needs, but bring us an abundance, God. I speak abundance into people's lives today in Jesus' name. Father, for those that are unemployed, I pray that you would open up windows of opportunity and doors of opportunity for new jobs and for better jobs into their lives, God. I pray for people that are underemployed, God, and they're just getting by. I pray that you would see those needs, Father. You would turn your attention to them and bring about new opportunities. God, I pray for every single employee in the house today that they would be a blessing to their business, God, that you would prosper that business because your kingdom children are a part of it, Father. I pray, God, that you would bring about new business for entrepreneurs in this house, for those who are waiting for new business to come in, that tomorrow the phone would ring. God, that tomorrow the doors would be knocked on, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would bring about new opportunities and new business into people's lives. Father, for the ones who may be here and they're struggling, wondering how they're going to pay that bill, how they're going to get through tomorrow, God, I pray for supernatural provision in people's lives, God. Father, for people who have made the decision to take a step of faith and to trust you in their tithe, to trust you in their offerings and trust you and make you the Lord of their finances. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would show yourself strong just as you declared in your word, that you would provide for their every need, that you would open up windows of blessing so great in their life they will not have room to contain it. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would show us that we are not meant to be just containers taking in all of your blessing, but giving it out to the world around us, Father. Bless us so we can bless others. Bless us so we can bless others. Bless this church so we can bless our community, Father. We believe that you're a provider. We believe that you don't just see our every need, but you care about our every need. So we commit these needs to you. We speak faith over them today, believing that you will accomplish these things and provide for your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One more time, let's just lift up praise. Let's thank God in advance for what he's doing in our lives. You know that word amen means what? So be it. I'm in agreement with God. So be it. It's done in Jesus' name. We're going to do one more song of praise before we change the order of things, but I think it just might be in order right now for us to be just a little bit unruly and give a great big shout of praise to God. On three. One, two, three. Yeah. 